What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. Hi, I'm Michael Morisi, author of Star Wars, The Clone Wars Battle Tales, and you're listening to The Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. I want that map. A Utini production. And now you're going to give it to the First Order. Episode 49, The Rise of Kylo Ren series review. I'll show you the dark side. On this episode, the launching of a new podcast. No, no, you're still holding on! Let go! Plus new Utini user reviews. Blow that piece of junk out of the sky! And the Utini team reviews the Rise of Kylo Ren comic series. I killed Snoke. I'll kill you. And now, here are your hosts. We have a spy in our ranks. Eric Eilerson and Dr. Charles Hankel. And Wes. Utini! Man, it's, it, it is kind of like dipping into a warm bath doing this on a day where I uh, didn't really do much else. It's strange. Yeah. It's a strange feeling. I feel like it's always like that, honestly. It doesn't matter if it was a good day, bad day. This is always like a it's true. end of the day. We're like a bubble. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of a relief. Yeah. It is. Man, and you know what? Because we're going to re- relieve ourselves, we want to relieve our listeners here on episode 49. You need a pee break already? Podcast. Yeah, man, that was it. <laughs> I do. No, welcome, everyone. Episode 49, Living Force Podcast. Welcome in to our first official legal quarantine episode. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and with me this week are two lovely gentlemen. First off, we have the overworked and underrested Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Odogunga of positivity. <laughs> <laughs> we made it! And also joining us in our bubble island beneath the waters of Naboo is the much more rested and way less commute driving Wes. Hey, dude. What's up, guys? Stay safe out there. Stay indoors. Absolutely. Don't go out there. Yeah, so we are coming to you, as always, from our remote areas, but now some of us are staying in those remote areas a little more than usual. I just want to do a quick check-in on you guys. Obviously, the three of us are having pretty different experiences i would say charles first off i want to check in with you how how are you how's the how's the doctor like this past week i assume it's been kind of nuts it's yeah it's interesting it's um it's a lot of change and trying to figure out how to do the things that need to be done um despite mm-hmm. everything that's going on um you know people's illnesses and things um chronic illnesses that is don't stop for this kind of stuff so it's figuring out how to get right. all the same people the care they need and take all the precautions you need so it's it's a lot of a lot of flux right now but working the same amount maybe even more so (laughs) (laughs) if that was even possible man but um well good to hear that you're 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 sticking through it good to hear those people are still getting that care because i i I bet that's got to be like 
you know, something that a lot, a lot of us think about. There are people that are going to doctors anyway. So now yeah. uh, we still got to keep those people in our thoughts. So right. make sure that everyone is following precautions for all of them as well. On the other side of the coin, Wes, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, doing the WebEx from uh, from my home into work, probably. I have a, roughly three to four hour meetings every day where we discuss various things in the petrochemical world. Uh, real exciting, let me tell you. Um, yeah. A lot of my stuff is... Wow. A lot of my stuff is driving some of the uh, some of the meetings, so it'll I'll I'll start it off, and then someone else will start talking. So I'll throw my headphones down and go in the kitchen and try to make something before they ask me a question. And <clears throat> sometimes so it works, exactly sometimes what it you doesn't. Do for the podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. exactly. I'm like that's exactly. gonna be this show. <laughs> and go. So this is but this is Wes's that, break from meetings uh, over Skype by having a meeting over Zoom instead. Ex- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hundred percent. Well, perfect. Well, uh, I would now throw it to Corey as well, but as you may have all guessed, uh, Corey has also been working like Charles on uh, all these medical things, and he just needed a day. Uh, so we decided benevolently to kick him off of this episode because we don't need him here. So um, yeah, he's a real nah, drag. We, he's the worst. But we're thinking of you, buddy. We hope you're well. I am kind of adjusting to my new routine also at home a lot more pet time a lot mm-hmm. more um watching some shows i've been playing a lot of madden that's been new with me my cowboys are 10 and f- 10 and 11 and 5 right now 10 and 5 hoping to go 11 and 5 into the playoffs so keep me in your thoughts uh if you don't mind that'd be great speaking uh, of madden at- speaking of madden i saw yes. this tweet the other day that said um Somebody put up the trade routine where they all know I'm a Houston Texans fan and we lost our the best player, possibly the best wide receiver in the league. Um, oh my god! About yeah. four days ago, and they put the yeah. trading block up in Madden. So they did the Madden thing and they said, "Hey, we'll give you you know these various draft picks and DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll trade you David Johnson." And then they were like, "No, we're not gonna. We don't need David Johnson. We would never do that trade." And it was like, yeah, Madden, I was like, why didn't you? Like, yeah, I don't the know game how to compute was it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, just put it through the simulator. Yeah, that's been one nice thing that's been going on. For those of you that are sports fans, in addition to Star Wars fans, there's not a ton of us, but there are some. Uh, the NFL free agency has been keeping me excited <laughs> because, dear God, it's been nuts. It's been absolutely insane, and I and I thank it for being so crazy. Um. Also, I would love to talk about Corey's terrariums at this point, but I'm sorry, Juliana and everyone else, we don't have Corey. <laughs> Next week, we will come back with a more terrarium update. Guys, if we had to assume, how do we think Corey's terrariums are doing right now? If you had to guess. I think that he actually could be here right now, but he accidentally made too many terrariums and like boxed himself into a corner, <laughs> and he hasn't figured out how to get out. <laughs> He's being trapped by his own hubris, by his own his own ambition. That makes sense. Corey, he's, he died as he lived, surrounded by a quadrillion terrariums. Beautiful. Well, we hope they're doing well. We hope they are not uh, suffering because of this outbreak as well. We'll get an update on that next week. A couple other little intro things. Um, I branched out this week into a new venture. I am now a paid contributor for dorksideoftheforce.com, along with one of our 
fellow Utenians, Meg Dowell, uh, Brad Whipple from Friends of the Force, a couple of them right over there. I threw up an article about some of Ahsoka's top moments because we got her back in Clone Wars this week. So if you feel like checking out some more of my content, I'm going to selfishly plug that. And I wanted to give a quick shout out, y'all, to Emma from our Discord. Emma's been a huge part of our gamer Discord since, you know, we started having it. And she started playing KOTOR this week, and that's been really fun to follow along. I think she might start streaming on Mixer. So if uh, you're not in our Discord yet at utini.com slash Discord, and you love KOTOR, you love those Star Wars games, head on over there, follow Emma's progress. If she streams, go check out some of those clips. And I wanted to ask you guys, like, with this new time we're going to have, should we start, like, streaming on, like, Mixer or Twitch for Utini? Like, should we do some Battlefront streams? Like, is this an untapped part of our market? What do you think? I'd love to, but y'all don't play on PC, so whatever. <laughs> there is that Charles. I mean, I would also Pots. love to. The The Battlefront sessions that we've had, some of those have been just, like, next-level kind of fun. Um yeah. I feel like, honestly, especially some of those early days, I haven't been around so much recently for them, but uh, it was a lot of fun to start that up. So, yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, if you uh, have any ideas on how uh, we could start streaming, any content you'd like to see us in the gamer world, head on over to eugenie.com slash Discord, drop it in the video games tab, or you can tweet at us at Pod. give us some ideas, because we somehow, after a year, got this podcast going technologically wise however streaming video games a whole new ballpark so we can use any tips and tricks that you have and then we'd love to get that out to you some updates for this very podcast everyone to get you through these days of quarantine we wanted to give you a sneak peek at our upcoming episode schedule starting next week monday march 30th which is going to be our next streaming day i believe and releasing next Thursday or Friday is going to be our first part of our Rise of Skywalker novelization roundtable. That's right. Usually we wait 30 days after a book's release to talk about it in our roundtable format. A lot of you like that we wait so we don't get anything spoiled. But with this release, we've been seeing it everywhere, y'all. Like, everyone is reading this novelization as well they should. The conversation is happening now, so we felt that it wouldn't be too much of a spoiler to start that roundtable up early. So, again... After you're listening to this podcast, you're going to wait one week, and then the first part of the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition by Ray Carson is going to be coming your way, so be sure to have that read before next week. The following week after that is going to be part two of that roundtable, because Charles, you're going to come up with tons of questions for us to answer on that episode, so we're going to have that coming to you live on April 6th-ish. Uh, you excited for those questions, man? A lot of them going on in your head, because I know you've been going through that novelization. I'm working through it slowly but surely. It's um, there's a very long, very long note happening on my phone right now. Okay, a very long one. Perfect. So God knows this might be a seven parter. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how that goes, uh, our episode after that on April thirteenth or coming up that week is going to be something about the rise of Skywalker. Are we going to do a third part of our novelization? Possibly. Are we going to dive into the behind the scenes of the DVD extras? Absolutely, since the physical DVD will be out the week before. Keep an eye out for that. And then what I wanted to get to, everyone, is April 20th, that Monday. Ideally, again, Monday or Tuesday, whenever we stream, usually Monday nights, we will start our Lost Stars roundtable. At this point, that is our that is our idea for the schedule. So if you are following along, you're reading that book, you have until April 20th to finish it on up. So do we, frankly, for that matter. 
But this is a big thank you to our patrons. This is people that made it happen. You guys put the money forward. You said you wanted us to do a roundtable on Lost Stars. So we're going to do it. And it is coming your way April 20th. Oh, guys, we're planned out pretty far. And I feel pretty good about it. This is rare for us. Yeah, it looks good. It looks great. Yeah. I've got some reading to do, it. but it looks yeah, great. I'm, yep. <laughs> I'm really glad to see that uh, Lost Stars, the ending is going to be, to finish it would be on April 20th because uh, I haven't cracked it yet. I read the I read the uh, the back of the the book that was it <laughs> hey you're on your way that's the first part that's all you, you got need. a month buddy that's really all you need <laughs> exactly so um but if you are currently reading lost stars and you're not in our utini book club right now which is something the the people in our discord did all by themselves basically um you can head over to our discord channel where people are going through lost stars chapter by chapter there are different channels for every chapter people are talking about the book right now if you don't want to wait for us to blab about it head on over there also, oh my gosh, so much content we're plugging out lately. We are going to be recording a new Bounty Hunt episode right after we record it, this episode tonight. That's all about Ahsoka's return last week. There's a Legends Look Back episode up now for Patreons about Darth Plagueis. And Charlie and I will be recording our first episode of The Ghost Crew, which is the title of our upcoming Rebels podcast with me and Charlie for our Inquisitorious level and up. We are so excited. We watched the first two episodes literally right before we started this podcast. Uh, we're working on a theme. We're working on a format. So if you are on our Patreon, keep an eye out for that. We cannot freaking wait. And regardless, if you want any of this content, make sure you are subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts. The Living Force Podcast is here every week to talk to you about all the things in the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And if you like this show and all this extra content we're putting out, Please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else to help people find us. Five stars only, pretty please. And then you can go to utini.com, look up any book you want. It has a comprehensive book profile on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. All right, a little bit of book news here, fellas. As we mentioned earlier, the Rise of Skywalker novelization is out, is all over the place. It is on the websites. It's on the Twitters. It's in our real-life friend groups? Probably not, but maybe. And currently, I want to say we have my spoiler-free review up on Utini right now. If you're still on the fence of whether or not to pick this one up, I put my thoughts out there. And later this week, we're going to have a full spoiler-filled review that is going to include all our normal review criteria, including things about the audiobook itself read by Mark Thompson. So keep an eye out on Utini.com for all of that. And finally... The Art of the Rise of Skywalker book, which we thought we were getting in, like, December originally, I'm pretty sure, uh, is officially coming out March 31st, and we actually got a review copy of that sent, so we are working on that review as we speak right now, so lots of stuff coming up on Utini as we talk right now. Dang. <sighs> Keep him busy. Yeah, I thought, the, uh, I thought that artist, uh, the Rise of Skywalker art was going to be out a lot earlier than it is. That's weird. Yeah, they delayed it. Yeah, it was in South Korea, I think, early, but then they delayed it a couple months. Um, but what I can say now, I've been paging through it for the review, and it is freaking gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, some of those stills came out online, I feel like, mm -hmm. at least a little while back. Maybe that was when it was released abroad, but uh, there was some beautiful stuff coming out of those leaks. Yeah, there's some pretty cool things that um, may have gotten uh, through the concept stage, may have been early concepts, but uh, there's some good intros and forwards in there. 
Um, one's by Doug Chang, where he goes through kind of the concept art process and how they art direct every um, film. That's really fascinating. So we'll be giving us our, uh, our full thoughts on that when the book is released later in the month. Speaking of reviews, we're not the only people that review things over here. So do our lovely listeners. So we had some people that went over to Utini.com. They looked up their book in the search bar, and they left a book review. And we missed these last week because of our awesome interview with Michael Morisi, which was awesome. If you haven't gone back and listened to that, check that out. Dude is rad. Great guy. I would grab a beer with him any time of the week. But we are coming back to bring those book reviews to you. So, guys, we got three this week. Each of us are going to read one. I'll start out with the first one. We got a review from Jorgen who reviewed The Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition by Ray Carson. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> he gave it five stars. The first user review for this on Utini, and he says the following. This book brought me right back to the first time I watched The Rise of Skywalker. The movie was, in my opinion, a great ending for the Skywalker saga and had me on the edge of my seat from start to finish. I didn't really agree with much of the criticism thrown at it, but after being exposed to so much negativity on the internet, I started to question if I really liked the movie that much. That was until Ray Carson's words and Mark Thompson's voice made me fall in love with the story all over again. From the beginning with Leia and Ray to the beautiful ending, this book had me hooked. So hooked, in fact, that I finished listening to the audiobook in two sittings. Some of my highlights are the new stuff with Leia, Thompson's breathtaking performance of the lightsaber fight from the Death Star wreckage, and the chemistry and friendship between Ray, Poe, and Finn. I would highly recommend this to anyone who loves Star Wars and truly hope it will show more people why The Rise of Skywalker was a beautiful ending to the Skywalker saga. Thank you, Jorgen. Excellent review. Yeah. Uh, to kind of go to, towards uh, what I wrote in my spoiler-free review last week, um, I'm kind of on the same page as him. As in, if you liked the movie, you're going to love this novel. If you had some criticism with it, this novel can maybe help ease that a bit. If you really hated it, you're probably going to hate the book because that, you know, it's the same story. It's just a little bit more expanded. But if you, like Jorgen, loved it and then felt kind of dragged down a bit by the negativity and criticism you were find online, I really think this can reinvigorate your love of it, which is awesome. I think that's the idea. All right. Our second review, which y'all want to take it? We got one from Rob Neese. I'll do this one. <clears throat> do it. All right. Rob Neese has read Darth Maul Shadowhunter by Michael Reeves. He gave it two stars, um, and he said a lesser Legends entry for a legendary character. So, first words is, erg, I really dislike writing negative reviews. But in this case, I've got to go that way. I felt all along this book was going to take an unexpected turn, and suddenly a lot of the shaky plotting and contravances... Will be contrivances. Forgiven. Contrivances. Contrivances. Will be forgiven, but no. Ultimately, it just felt like a then this happens, then this, then this. Amateur <laughs> accounting of what would have been, admittedly, a fun RPG campaign. If nothing else, I'm glad I've read it as it helped me understand just how far the Lucasfilm editorial team has come since those times. Well, Rob, that's totally okay. You know, if <laughs> nobody has to like every single book that's ever come out. I, I understand. I get it. <laughs> I thought that was going to start off with, like, I really like uh, dislike writing negative reviews, so I'm not going to do it. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> oh, what a twist. No. But I, as I was going through the reviews to put on this show, I, I, I did want to add this one in because we, we don't always – 
we don't like to address negativity on this show, don't get me wrong, but we also don't want to, like, pretend every book is perfect, every book is great. And if you have negative thoughts, that's okay. You're not going to love everything. But Rob's final kind of comment and idea of I've really – it's helped him understand how far the editorial team has come since. I think that's a great attitude to look at it. So. Yeah. Awesome, Rob. Yeah. Sorry it wasn't your thing, but if you like Shadowhunter, also good for you. Uh, Charles, bring us home with Ross's review. All right, so Ross G. reviewed Lost Tribe of the Sith, the collected stories by John Jackson Miller. Great guy. Go listen to the interview if you haven't heard it. He gave it five stars. Absolutely. Um, and he said, Lost Tribe of the Sith did the best thing a Star Wars book can do, which is to surprise you not once, but multiple times. This book is comprised of seven short stories spanning thousands of years. The book is primarily about how decisions of past generations can help or hurt the general good of society and how history can repeat itself, even with your best efforts against that happening. The downside to a short story collection is that just as you get to know characters, you move on, typically to someone new. However, this forces the stories to be incredibly efficient, all culminating in a 130-page finale. I loved it. Sweet, Ross. Now, have either of you guys read Lost Tribe of the Sith? Honestly, no. I haven't either, but that, this one is on the list of. Yeah, I haven't either. But reading this review, it sounds dope. And, I tr- sound and Ross, I trust. I trust you. I trust your uh, <laughs> your uh, what is it? Your your bar of quality. But it sounds really cool, and I think that's one of the cool things. Like we don't get a lot of short story books. Yeah. Um, you know, like we got from a certain point of view, Canto Bite, Lost Tribe of the Sith. But if you were feeling during this time where you maybe have a little more downtime than you would normally and you want to try something new, give this one a shot. And as always, if you want your reviews on this very show, look at whatever book you're reading or you just read on utini.com. Scroll down to the bottom and add your own star rating and user review. You can also email us at livingforcepod at utini.com. You can tweet at us at livingforcepod or join our utini discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. All right, a couple site updates before we take a quick break and jump into the rise of Kylo Ren, which I know you're all very excited to talk about and listen to. We have, as I said, the review for the Rise of Skywalker novelization up right now, but we also have some new featured collections. That's right. Over on Utini, we pride ourselves in our reading guides to help get you the books based on the content you love already. And we have some featured collections on the homepage, including all about clones, all about Darth Plagueis, and... All about our boy, Ben Solo. That's right. It ain't the Kylo Ren collection. It's the Ben Solo collection. Because we're living in the now. <laughs> he died as Ben Solo. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited about those. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> sorry. If you haven't read The Rise of Skywalker yet, or haven't seen the movie yet, or haven't... If you aren't listening to a Star Wars podcast right now, and you haven't seen The Rise of Skywalker, like, bravo. <laughs> Brave New Horizons. <laughs> you know, you're feeling it out. Uh, but, yeah, so those collections are up there. If you wanted to check out more, I know that with Clone Wars coming back, with the Bad Batch arc just ended, and I'm feeling like I want to see more clones. I love those guys. I always want more clone content. So I checked out that uh, collection myself. Uh, Plagueis obviously had a little bit to do with The Rise of Skywalker, as did Ben Solo. So if you want to expand those reading lists, get on there. And finally... If you want to hear all of this content we've been talking about and you are not on our Patreon yet, you can very easily join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash utini for exclusive content every single month. 
For just two bucks, you can join our Jedi Initiate level where you get early access to episodes of this show. For five bucks a month, you'll become a Guardian of the Wills where you'll receive extra shows including Legends Look Back and Bounty Hunt. And the Inquisitorious level gets you our monthly Q&A as well as Charlie and my upcoming Ghost Crew show. Whew. All right. Before we take a slightly early break, Wes, Charles, question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. To tease our listeners about the rise of Kylo Ren comic series, which we are going to talk about very soon. <laughs> what did you, if you had to sum up the rise of Kylo Ren series in like a tweet, how would you sum it up? Oh, man. Charles, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, I would say that Charles Soule showed us that. Ben Solo was forced down the path to become Kylo Ren rather than it being a conscious decision. And for that reason alone, you should read this comic series. Excellent. Wes. I would start with a question. I would say, who is Ren? (laughs) Who is, who are the Knights of Ren? If you Mm -hmm. want... An origin story of sorts, not from the time he was a child, but from the the ending of his Jedi training into this new shadow, if you will. Um, This is something you need to dive into. Brilliant. Uh, I would take a cop out and retweet both of you and say, (laughs) yes! Nah, I I think Charles Soule summed it up perfectly when he called it from from Ben to Ren. I think it shows us, as you were saying, Charles, the the unconscious choice that he that was made for him. I'll say that. Um, So after the break, we are going to come back. Yes, we are going to talk all about the rise of Kylo Ren by Charles Soule and Will Sliney. Warning: There will be some spoilers. So Matt, if you want to hit that klaxon right now, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. We are going to be spoiling a bit of the comic, but if you have already read it, you are ready. If you're a little on the fence and you want to just know about it a bit, you can listen. Or if you aren't a huge comic reader but you want to be caught up with the canon, that's why we're here. We got you covered much in, like we did in our comics episode a, little, a few weeks back. We're going to tell you what happens in this book. We're going to give our play-by-play for each issue, and we will be right back to do that. In just a sec. Hi, you teeny listeners. My name is Franco Stubman from the database scene, and I have a fun Star Wars story which involves lightsabers, friends, and alcohol. So six years ago, I would have been 41 at the time, and for my oldest son, 18 Bertie, I got him a double-bladed lightsaber from ultrasabers.com. Now, this lightsaber was pretty cool, but the really cool thing about it was that the hilt could be separated into two to form two single lightsabers. Now, my son loved it. It was a pride and joy, and even got me to mount it on his bedroom wall. Now, one night, um, not too long after my son's birthday, he was out with his, with his pals. I invited some of my friends around for, for drinks in the house. So, as the night wore on and as the alcohol was flowing, I thought it would be a really, really cool idea if I brought the um, lightsaber down to show my friends. Because one of my friends, he's a big geek like myself. Um, so, as you can imagine, things kind of escalated very quickly. And we started having this epic lightsaber duel in the middle of the kitchen. Now... Um, this eventually then led its way uh, out the back and we were smashing the blades off each other and the lightsabers making the cool noises um, like you hear from the films and we were thought we were having a, a, an epic 
lightsaber battle that will match anything you see in the films. So during during the duel, the blade from my hilt flew off and landed on the roof of the kitchen, my kitchen. Now it wasn't too bad because it was a one-story uh, one-story building, so I was able to retrieve the blade down from the from the roof, and was able to reattach it to um, to the hilt. So everything was okay. But we thought this was um, really really funny. And um, so when my son came home, we decided to share the story with him. And as you can imagine, now you have to understand, this he really loved this uh, blade. This was his pride and joy. He didn't quite see the funny side of it and wasn't really that amused. So he gave me that disappointed look, um, a look that, uh, that a father would, would, would give his son if he'd done something uh, wrong. But this time the, the roles were, were, were reversed. Uh, took the blade off me and brought it up to his room. He hasn't let me play with it since. So that's my fun Star Wars story involving alcohol friends and lightsabers. If you hear this, uh, if you hear the story before the holidays, happy holidays. Um, if it's after that, if it's the new year, happy new year, happy 2020, and may the force be with you. And we are back. We are here to talk all things Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, more like Kylo Ben, am I right? Uh, we're going to talk about... <laughs> Who uh, the Rise of Kylo Ren comic book series written by Charles Soule with art by Will Sliney. All right, a couple intro things before we get into the issues. We are going to break down these issues kind of like our Bounty Hunt episodes. If you're a Patreon follower, we're going to talk about what happens in each issue, and then we're going to talk about our thoughts about them. It's going to be very fun. It's going to be very enjoyable, and we're going to go down a very dark path. This series was originally pitched as From Ben to Ren, as I said earlier, by Charles Soule. This was one of the most anticipated Star Wars comics of all time, I would say, pretty easily. Do you guys disagree? No, not at all. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think we've been asking for the Kylo Ren origin story since Force Awakens, frankly. Since we found out he was Ben Solo. Um, Because I remember we talked, God, this must have been last spring, maybe, about the rise of, uh, or the journey to the rise of Skywalker line. We were wondering if there was going to be a novel. Right? Mm-hmm. Called, like, Ben or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got it in this form. I'm so glad we did. The first issue came out two days before Rise of Skywalker. And it was madness. It sold out everywhere. At this point, they're still reprinting it. Issue 1 is coming out with a fourth printing, which is, like, ridiculous. Especially for something that's not a superhero comic. You know? I mean, these things were selling out in physical comic book shops everywhere. Charles Soule was putting up number ones that he signed on his personal website. They were selling out. It's really marvelous to see this kind of attention for a comic book, and people were absolutely obsessed. Before we dive into the issues, guys, uh, let's go around. What did we personally expect from this series? We kind of knew the idea of it, but what did you personally expect going in? I know that, Ross, you're listening. We, are, we always manage our expectations. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> But just for this one, one, one time, um, what did you guys think going in when you opened issue one? Um, I wanted to know when opening issue one it, and probably thinking it wasn't going to be an issue one, um, was trying to find out where Ben met Snoke or how Snoke met Ben, either or. Mm. Um, I wanted to know how that even happened and where that where that even came from. And they... And they got into it. So if you haven't read it, read it. Pretty good. Yeah, we're gonna keep warning you about these spoilers <laughs> as we go. Uh, Charles, what you expect? 
man, I, I don't even know. I, I expected the, like the essence of what we got, you know, because obviously mm-hmm. we we're going to get the story of how Ben Solo became Kylo Ren, but like the way we got there is not at all what I expected. And I, I don't even know exactly why that was, but like all these ancillary characters that were brought in like that, you know, we're training at the temple as well. And I know we're going to start talking about them for some reason, never crossed my mind that we were going to get these kind of people and carry them through all four of the issues. So there was a lot of unexpected stuff for me. I completely agree with you on that. I I really thought we were going to get a lot more like solitary Ben, you know, like, um, I don't know if you guys remember one of the older comic series that followed, uh, Maul a little more and like his training with Palpatine it was very much like him and Palpatine alone going to a planet and him and Palpatine alone going on missions. Like I thought it was going to be a lot more of that with him and Snoke. I mean, but then of course the big reveal in rise of Skywalker that Snoke was created by Palpatine kind of threw that all off because now Snoke wasn't as important as we thought. Um, I didn't think that we were going to meet a character like Ren who was going to be this mentor ish character. I didn't think we were going to deal with all the legacy stuff that we did. Um, but overall, I think that the story that we got was more complex than I had imagined. And ultimately, like all things Star Wars, uh, for the most part, was better than I could have imagined because I'm not a freaking story writer, right? <laughs> um, so I'm glad that it kind of expanded beyond what we all thought. And let's, let's dive right in with how it did that, all right? So we start with issue one. In issue one, we meet the Knights of Ren, first of all. They all have individual names. They all have individual personalities. But in this issue, we meet them, we meet their leader, Ren, and we meet the other Padawans that Ben is training with. Um, Luke Skywalker says in The Last Jedi, he took a couple students and made a training temple. We get to meet them, including Vo, Henix, and Ty. Those are the three that survive the temple destruction. They're some of Ben's best friends, we assume. And they're the ones that kind of are the last people to really try to redeem Ben before he goes down this dark path. We learned that the Ren is a thing, basically. It's kind of like a shadow. It, it is a, a kind of culmination of the dark side. We also learned that Ben didn't intentionally destroy the temple, as far as we can see. One of the first panels is of him in horror looking at the temple burning. Uh, we learned that Ben runs away. He is He doesn't really stay and slaughter people. He's not an Anakin, right? This happens and he wants to escape. He runs back to Snoke. With his uh, super cool hat. Yes. Uh, is, is the star of this issue. Greatest hat of all um, Star Wars all time. Yes. So we, we, we see that he goes to Snoke on this like garden-esque uh, station. Uh, so, so let's go into this first issue. I'm actually going to pull it up here on the old comicsology, um, So I can kind of flip through it a little bit. What do you guys think of this first issue? Just um, basic thoughts. Basic impressions. Uh, it was my favorite of the whole series. Wow. Yeah, it was because I felt like it picked up and immediately, like within a page, was answering questions that we've had since The Force Awakens. Like immediately. It, it mm-hmm. opens with Ben and the destruction of the temple. And we're we're already just getting more and more information about it. And Eric, you mentioned, you know, we learned that Ben didn't intentionally destroy the temple in I might even rebut that and say, did Ben even destroy the temple? Because I I think it's a little bit open to interpretation. And I would actually, if Mm -hmm. I was going to answer that question personally, I interpret it as that he didn't do it at all. 
I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you there. Wes, thoughts? Well, after you were just reading that synopsis of the first issue, I was thinking, so <clears throat> Ben and the Padawans, because Ben told them, um, was under the impression that it killed Luke Skywalker. Right. Now, so in uh, The Last Jedi, he says that Ben ran off with a couple of his students. So does, mm-hmm. does he think that Vo, Hennix, and Ty are part of what Ben's trying to be a part of right now? Or is Ooh. he... See, I didn't even think about that until you just started talking. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah. Because I think we assumed in The Last Jedi that the other students became the Knights of Ren. Right, we I mean, all I did. did. right? Yeah, I think we all did. So this fundamentally shifts mm-hmm. that. Yes. They existed before Ben was there. And, and I think one of, the in, one of the most interesting things about this issue for me was that Ben is constantly posturing to the other Padawans, right? He's saying, you're afraid of me. You should be. Like, I killed Luke Skywalker. Like, you're none of you are Jedi. I'm our, like, he, he talks and talks and talks. And we know, like, fundamentally, he probably is more powerful than them. Like, raw power, absolutely. He's, he's again, the second most powerful being that Luke has seen since, since him and Rey, right? He tells her that in Last Jedi as well. But he just brags so much because he clearly doesn't want to fight them, mm-hmm. I think, at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. And I find that to be a really interesting part is that he doesn't kill any of them in this issue. He right. fights them, sure, but he doesn't actively try to destroy them. Um, he ends up accidentally skewering Hennix with a, with a piece of wood, you know? And afterwards, he'll try to, like, say, oh, I... You know, I did this all on purpose, but it's it's all accidents so far, and I found that to be an interesting little flaw here. Um, I want to talk about Snoke for a bit in this and issue. His hat, <laughs> yeah, and his hat. Let us let us never stop Can talking we just about. Get this that hat. out of the way. I think I've brought it up yes, on multiple ahead. episodes before, <laughs> but he looks like he's ready to go play rugby. And then, like, get a beer <laughs> and then go solve a crime with Watson. That's what he looks like. Yes. He's got the back part to keep his neck from getting burned. So that's good. Yes. I mean, if this if this is not the mullet of hats, I don't know what is. <laughs> Snoke's mullet hat better be a, 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 a wearable item in the next Star Wars game. Like an Easter egg you can unlock. Why? Going a little further than that, is that hat going to be for sale at Celebration? It should be. Is somebody going to make a lot of 10 or 15 and sell out quick? (laughs) It'd be perfect. It'd be so great. It's great for California heat. You know, it it shades your eyes. It keeps your neck uh, uh, hidden from the sun. It stops your crazy pus-filled clone boils that, he, that Snoke has all over his face from getting infected, I'm sure. I mean, that's the true reason of having that hat, right? I want I want <laughs> more Snoke headwear. I want him to have, like, yeah. you know, he's got a wardrobe. He's clearly got a wardrobe. He wears a golden robe, okay? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got options. I want to know what else <laughs> he's got. I, I, want a, I want Snoke in a 10-gallon. I want <laughs> Snoke in a in like a backwards like flat brim. I want all of it. <laughs> well, and the thing is, now that we know that Palpatine was controlling Snoke, Palpatine was treating him like a sim. Basically, he got to dress him. 
Yeah, that's like, true. Snoke, oh, that's Snoke didn't make any ideas consciously, right? What? So Palpatine's like sitting in his little like clone chair device, being like, and then he will put the mullet hat on, and <laughs> it will look fab. Oh, the gold bathrobe. Yes, make sure we order six. Like. <laughs> He clearly was in charge of all this, you know, right? I've, I've like, often wondered what was Palpatine. Why did he have multiple Snokes floating in a vat? Like, what was he doing with the additional Snokes that he had? Maybe that's what he was doing. Runway? It was it a runway yeah, show? Exactly. <laughs> Dressing him up, Put, trying on different outfits, putting a couple in the cowboy boots that curl up real high in the front. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, that that looks silly. Bring me back the mullet hat on the garden. <laughs> uh, but one thing also about Snoke's fashion, I want I want to note here is that he has the the crazy mullet hat, but he also has this like green and brown and golden robe that looks very Jedi esque. I mean, it, it's kind of samurai the way it drapes over him. The sleeves are very much like a traditional Jedi in a mm-hmm. way. Um, and I think it's it's interesting, you know, we're we're seeing Ben still is in his um, apprentice Padawan robes because obviously that's all he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you take out the dialogue of the of the panels, or you take out anything else, I'm sure you can see like a master and a Padawan. You know, maybe that shows. Um, uh, <clears throat> maybe that shows, or he was trying to portray to Ben that he has some kind of legitimacy being dressed that way. So he's absolutely. like, if I dress like a like a Jedi master, then maybe he would respect me more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's definitely it. And, and I think that at the end of the day, what this issue made me want, especially after seeing the rise of Skywalker two days afterwards, I want more of this tutelage. I want more of the Snoke Ben from a young age thing, because clearly he was sneaking off to, to see him. Um, this mysterious guy in a garden planet with this awesome hat, uh, and Luke knew. So, you know, and, and Snoke keeps calling him my boy, my boy, yeah. my they boy hug. on every page. They hug. They, hug. they literally hug. Happens. This is the guy that he hits him <laughs> with force lightning in The Last Jedi to throw him off the ground. And they're hugging him. That's in the clip. The, the picture was he just, Snoke puts his arm around Ben and Ben's arm is down. And the very next mm-hmm. picture was Ben's arm up, just embracing yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah, he, he wants to he be held, that. you know, and Snoke, Snoke, I mean, he had a, f- sorry, I was just going to say he he's, you're absolutely right, Wes, that he's trying to appear legitimate to him by wearing Jedi-like robes, and then he's also trying to fill that gap of a father figure that Ben doesn't feel like he has. Yeah. He's trying, he's trying to be all of the things that Ben wants and needs all in one, a father figure and a Jedi master, and I think that's probably what's so appealing to to Ben. But what would be so cool is to see more of the first moments, like the first hints and inkling of that changing into what we see in the rise of, of or not in the rise of Skywalker, but in uh, in The Last Jedi. Like those first hints of it becoming that dark, like abusive, honestly, relationship. Like mm, that yeah, would be really interesting sure. to see how Ben deals with that. Like the first time that that happens, like that I couldn't even imagine the complexity of this relationship. Well, and it's interesting, too, because Leia says, you know, I sent him away. We we sent Ben away because one of the key things of all Jedi in the Order 
up until the Empire, right? In the, in the Old Republic, the High Republic, all, as we're going to get, <laughs> is that Jedi are taking his children. So they don't know their parents. They don't know their families. Obviously, that screwed up Anakin majorly mm-hmm. that he was taken. Uh, and Dooku Jedi lost. Once he learns of his family, it destroys his entire relationship with the Jedi. So Ben knows he has parents. He knows he has a family. And then going to train as a Jedi is them intentionally, as far as he's concerned, pushing him away and pushing him into this order for his uncle that he also wants love from that has to intentionally be emotionally distant from him. And I think that we see him just in that one embrace, which is what makes this issue so so intensely good to start, is that he just wants to be held. He wants to be mentored. He wants all these things that he knows exist. Because he wasn't taken as an infant. He wasn't taken as a child. He knows what a father's love is. He knows what a mother's love is. He knows what an uncle's love is. And that's all been intentionally stripped away from him. Mm. Hell of a good start. Good rundown. Yeah. All right. So then we go to issue number two. Um, Epic cover here. We got Luke and Ben back to back with uh, fighting the, the Knights of Ren, which is an awesomely kinetic cover. That again opens back up with Papa Snoke. They're talking about life, and they're talking about Ben's desire to find the Knights of Ren. Because we figure out that ultimately, Ben and Luke met them before. Uh, Ben talks about how he wants to know who they are. He talks also about how he hates his own name, Ben Solo. He hates the legacy the name carries. He hates that it carries the name of a man he never met. He hates that it is a false name of his father. It's not even his father's real name. And he's, he feels so put upon by everyone. Um, and he can find that all in Snoke. We then flash back to Master Jedi Luke Skywalker in the, I would say, probably the prime of his power. Um, you know, as a lot of people assumed we were going to see in Last Jedi, have him, like, lightsaber wielding, Padawan training, Master Luke. Uh, probably the closest to Legends Luke that we get, I would say, in canon so far. Um, basically hmm. taking on all the Knights of Ren by himself. Uh, very casually. Uh, and then it ends with Ben going to look for the Knights of Ren in the present timeline. Uh, he finds he finds the Mask of Ren, which, as we know, if you've been following Charles Soule's uh, previous Star Wars work, he is really into masks and lore. Uh, as a shout-out to Momin in the Darth Vader comic. If you haven't read Dark, Dark Lord of the Sith, you got to get on that. So, fellas, how did this issue differ from number one? How did, how did the tone change to let us know this is a completely different kind of issue? Hmm. I mean, it was much more, like you mentioned, action-filled. Like, it, it honestly felt a little yeah. bit like superhero Luke. Like, it felt like a Superman comic, and you see Kablaoi, you know, like written in the, <laughs> in the certain yeah. text like while he was taken on. The Knights of Ren. It was, I felt like it was as much about Luke as it was about Ren in that respect. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree. I had, a, I, had a, I was questioned by um, why he needed to go see the Knights of Ren then. Like, has he been thinking about that since he was, since they had that square off with him and Luke? Like, man, these guys. These, these guys have something different, and that just because Ren pointed at him and said, you're different. If you, wanna, <clears throat> if you want to try a different path, you know, come back and see me. And then he's been yeah. thinking about that ever since. I think that was pretty cool that they brought that back up. 
Totally. I mean, at the end, when Ren takes off the helmet and, one, he's not scarred, he's not deformed. Like, he's a pretty good-looking dude. He's just a guy. Yeah, he kind of um, looked like Kylo Ren when he grew up. Just a looked- little bit, you know? And he says, hey, kid, you sure this is the life for you? And the way he talks is kind of, it's very casual. It's, it's honestly a lot like Han. It is. I find yeah. a lot of young Han Solo um, in him. So the father figure thing is pretty evident here. And he's the only person that seems to really give Ben a chance, or a choice, rather. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you want out of this, you can choose to do that. Whereas he hasn't been able to choose to escape the Solo legacy or the Skywalker legacy or to not be a Jedi or any of these things. Whereas Ren is like, hey, look us up if you want. Yeah. And I think that was so enticing for him. Despite the fact that Luke took on all of them. By himself, well, not by himself, because he says, I'm never alone. The Force is my ally. Like, just awesome. Like, <laughs> very awesome. Like, very Yoda-esque. Very Obi-Wan. Like, all the greatest Jedi. He's, he's definitely showing that he is the legacy of the Jedi Order. Um, But despite all that, despite the fact that he wouldn't kill any of them, that he just dispatched them peacefully, a choice to be something different was more enticing to Ben than any of that. Yes. I find that to be fascinating. Yeah. You know? He's like he says it's about power, but I think it's about choice. He's a rebel, man. I think. At the end of yeah. the day, he feels like he doesn't belong with what he grew up around and he just wants to be different than that. If he had been brought yeah. up like with uh, I don't know if he had been raised by Sith. This feels like a weird sitcom description or something, but like <laughs> if he had been raised <laughs> yeah. by those folks and felt like he didn't fit in there and Luke rolled up and that same battle happened and he was like, hey, if you want to want to take a turn on the light side, like let me know. I feel like he still would have done it because he just, he just didn't feel like he fit in. I agree. I mean, he, Whatever path is his way, he's going to do the opposite. But even at this point, we have, um, you know, Palp or Snoke, but we know Palpatine's voice giving some dialogue here where he's just wondering, hey, are you doing okay? The Jedi are lying to you. Your master thinks you're a child. Like, just, just that deceit, even from this point um, in his life, you yeah. know? Yeah. He's a kid and he's just whispering and whispering. And also, little side note, we get Laura Santeca. Heck yeah. yeah. This is the beginning of this comic. So, how awesome. Uh, <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Max von Sado, who sadly we, we lost very recently uh, in real life. but So, very cool Dude, to way see back when, that character. Way back up. when, when we had the Nerd Herder podcast on. You remember that? It was, it yeah. was one of our first collab uh, episodes. And we went around yeah, the man, circle and we like said, May. what like tertiary character is, like, your go-to person, like, who would you... We said something like, who would you save, like, if you could save them? And my answer was Laura Santeca. I was so stoked. Dude! Go back and check me. (laughs) Check me on this. I'm not lying. He was my guy. I believe you, man. I love Laura Santeca. It was so cool to see him here. His appearance in the Poe Dameron comics, fantastic. Yep. I would love to get some more, especially now, sadly, with with the passing of Max von Sydow, but... Yeah, hopefully we get more lore in there. And, and it's funny, you know, they brought lore along because the place where Luke fought the knights is is a a treasure trove of artifacts, right? It's not like a military place. It has holocrons. It has Jocasta News lightsaber gun. 
uh, which is also from Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, which that sentence alone should make you read Did I miss that? Where yet. was that? This is on page 11 of issue number I'm two. I'm looking it up right They're now. They're looking through stuff. There's holocrons, and um, he sees Jocastinia's lightsaber gun. It's just hanging out oh there, which I thought was an awesome callback to I that series. I didn't realize what it even was. Holy smokes. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> that's amazing that's such a good moment <laughs> that was such a good moment when she whipped that out dude oh my god that's it. that yeah. right there if you don't... that is the level of quality of this comic just for that yes. reason alone pick it up yep uh soul is gonna reference all his great lore stuff and i think like he is single-handedly putting more cool background lore into star wars as anyone uh writing today easily uh but this issue ends we get we get ren revealing himself to kyle to ben back in the day ben is clearly interested and ren drops his helmet before they leave and that that helmet stays on the ground for years and years and years until ben comes back he picks it up and as he puts it on it communicates with ren like it essentially activates so it's like a a walkie-talkie basically and they tell him all right come meet us we thought Snoke told us you were going to come looking for us. And he's like, great. And then the cliffhanger, all three Padawans show up, which is a, just a great way to end an issue. Because as, you as you're reading it, when it comes out, you got to wait a month. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where we end on that one. Yeah. All right. Issue three, our second half of the series. We discover a couple things. Uh, we discover that the price for Ben to join the Knights of Ren is, quote, a good death, whatever that means. Uh, We find out more about that as the issue goes on, but all of them are so enmeshed in the dark side, in order to open themselves up to that level, they need to feel what a death of a good person feels like, and that's only by that point can you kind of access that. Uh, Ben fights the other Padawans, and ends up accidentally killing Hennix. He tries to pull it off like, oh, I totally meant to do it. That's my death. And Ren's like, nah, nah. Like, <laughs> he, he calls him out on it. Uh, we see Ben restraining himself throughout the fight because, as we said in issue one, he is stronger than any of these other Padawans. He could easily dispatch them more than likely. But we see him pull some punches. And most importantly, possibly, Ben gets his amazing new Knights of Ren costume, which is like just black leather with the shoulder harness, which is an awesome um, kind of callback or call forward, I suppose, to when he brings the lightsaber out from behind his back and rise of Skywalker. He grabs the exact same place that the lightsaber is uh, in this new costume. But the Knights of Ren accept him in and uh, kind of say, "All right, now we get now you got to get your death. You got to get your intentional death." Uh, as you said with the other two, basic thoughts on this one, guys. It was a little more action-packed, kind of like issue two, but it was kind of like one fight spread out across one whole issue. Yeah, I thought that that uh, that Ben was definitely, like you said, he was pulling punches. He wasn't trying to give the death blow on any one of those uh, altercations with those Padawans. And yeah. um, if I remember correctly, does Hennix do a lightsaber throw at him? at Ben, and then Ben does a force push of that, and it whips back around and hits Hennix. Is that yes. how he dies? So, Correct. I mean, Hennix was trying to kill him, so... Yeah, yeah, they're they're all going <laughs> to, like, 
in their mind, I think he's a dark side user at this point. They're like, we gotta, you know, I, I think that, um, is it Vo? I think wants to bring him back the most. I think she still believes he can be redeemed. Hennix and Ty are a little, uh, no, I think Vo wants to kill him and Ty. Wants oh, sorry, to sorry, Ty. Yeah. Ty wants to bring him back because they had the flashback with the two of them talking yeah. and clearly being friends. And then uh, Ben basically once once Hennix is down, he runs out and just collapses the temple because he just wants to trap them in there again. It's not about murder still. Issue three of this series, he still doesn't want to kill them, which is such a crazy kind of thought you know this is kylo ren this is the guy who the first scene we ever saw him in in force awakens he just don't you say it oh, son of a gun face. <laughs> he does it <laughs> you're so right <laughs> bam like this is the same guy and he is so hesitant to even be wholeheartedly violent against yeah, these people. but this is what i was saying is he he just wanted something different for himself he didn't necessarily realize what he was choosing, and it, and it right. really was forced upon him. Like it was, it was the perfect storm. It was the domino effect. It was all these things, but it was Palpatine that that tipped that first domino, and he knew exactly everything yep. that was going to happen and how it would play out. He knew all of it. So right. it it wasn't Ben, you know, choosing to become Kylo Ren. I mean, he he eventually. Uh, I feel like he eventually accepted that that was the path that he was going down, and that's where we see mm-hmm. him in The Force Awakens. But, like, he never wanted to be that. You know what I mean? He woke up one day, yeah. and he was a monster, and he was like, okay, all right, this is what I am now, <laughs> you know? But but he didn't choose yeah. that. No, and, of course, you know, we haven't even mentioned yet the moment in the hut with Luke holding the lightsaber above him. I mean, that that was such a huge catalyst for all this to happen yeah. as well. Um, so to have your mother, your father, your uncle, and master, technically in one, all essentially turn their back on you in your mind is pretty harrowing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this issue, I think, really kind of gives us a peek into what Kylo Ren will become as far as pure power goes. He is in control. He will win. And everyone else just better get out of the way. And the fact that the last page is Vo and Ty just saying, I think he's lost. Mm-hmm. is like, all right, now people are giving up on him once again. And, and I want to say now, like going into this series, I wasn't, I don't even know what the phrase is. Like a Ben Solo apologist or like whatever whatever it may be. Like I wasn't like protect him. He's all innocent. He's all good. Like I, I like the character because of the complexity. I really enjoy it. And I think this series pushed that complexity even further. But I would also say this series really made him, as we're saying, so sympathetic. And I think this issue really taps into it because the way Sliney draws his facial expressions, the kind of minute those little turns down and the different looks like – Every time he accepts the evil that he has to do, he doesn't do it with his chin head, chin up and his head held high. He's also he's always so hesitant to it, and which leads into kind of like the sadness and darkness that is issue four. Yeah. Well, all right. Before we get into number four, what did Ed. what was the first thing that you thought of when you saw his new outfit? First thing I thought of. First thing I thought of. 
was Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands. He looks <laughs> just. <laughs> I was like, oh my that god, yes, is Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> Edward lightsaber hand. You're so right. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Honestly, the, the first thing I <laughs> yes. thought of, which is way less funny, was Han Solo. It had a, it had a very Han Solo vibe to it. It is very Solo. It, it looked like I mean, almost the, like the, the thigh holster. Yeah, it, yeah. it looked almost like his Empire outfit, but just all black. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Yeah, all I thought was like, man, that's just so cool. It's like Cal Kestis meets Edward Scissorhands meets Han Solo. There you go. <laughs> Done. That was the note. <laughs> All right, which brings us to the phenomenal, dense last issue of issue four. Uh, in this issue, Ben fights alongside the Knights of Ren against his Padawan friends. It has the great quote of Ben saying, whether it's Luke Skywalker or Snoke, neither one sees me as a person. I'm just a legacy, just a set of expectations, which I'm going to get into in a sec. Wren... Uh, Kills Ty, uh, right as Ben has Ty basically at lightsaber point. And then Ben embraces the shadow in the darkness to fight Ren. Uh, he taps into it to fight Ren himself. He realizes the death that the Ren and the shadow desires. He kills Ren. During that fight, we see visions of a bunch of parts of his life, including Rey on Jakku, including Palpatine on Exegol, which is crazy. Uh, afterwards... Ben, in cold blood, essentially kills Vo as well and becomes master of the Knights of Ren. We then get the epic scene of Ben bleeding his own kyber crystal, which literally cracks as he does so with power and necessitates the cooling vents needed for his new lightsaber. And at the end, the voice we know as Palpatine asks what his true name is. And we know it's Kylo. This this last issue blew me away. This was... Just epic as hell. What do you guys think? So, yeah, I think this one was my favorite. This was my favorite, the last one, just because it all kind of sums up. And that quote that you had put in there, is, mm-hmm. he doesn't think of himself as a person. He thinks of himself kind of as like a as a trophy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for either side. Like, yeah. he is the... He is the the pendulum that swings back and forth and whoever controls this chess piece at the end gets to win the game. And he's like, no, I, I will make the choice on where I go no matter what. And I think that's why he had to kill Ren as well. He thought it was a victory, but really it's just a pawn being moved in another space by Palpatine. Nicely said. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad, man. Um, but there's these moments, you know, when the, at the beginning of the issue, they're, the Knights of Ren and, and Ben are, are talking to these innocents, and they end up all being slaughtered. And he says, you didn't have to do that. You said you'd release them. And Ren's like, oh, I did. Like, he clearly has no problem killing innocents, and Ben still isn't quite there yet. But throughout the issue, Ben finally kind of keys into the aggression because he realizes it's the only way to really win and exist. Um. Another couple cool moments when Vo and Ty come in to fight. Ben pulls out the lightsaber, giving us that visual, just like in The Rise of Skywalker. And when Ren asks who they are, he just says, the past. Such a key callback to Last Jedi yeah. as well. Let the past die. Mm-hmm. He's done with them. Um, man. It's just so excellent. And I think that 
the conversation that Ben and Ty have throughout the fight is is maybe the crux of this whole series because last issue we saw how connected they were. We saw them talking as Padawans together, identifying with each other. They're clearly really good friends. They're connected. And Ben is entrusting him with all of his deepest thoughts as they're fighting, as they're dueling. You know, even my name isn't a choice. And the dark side and the light both claim me for their own the moment I was born. Like, the pressure put on him is something that he wants to to stop. And we see that throughout the entire sequel trilogy. He is pressured to be the greatest executor of all time. He's pressured to be a great leader. He's pressured to be all these things, to be all the Sith, to be all these things. And the choice he makes at the end is the choice to be part of the dyad with Rey. You know, the choice to save her at the end of Rise of Skywalker is only his. No one is there with him. He's alone. It's only him and Rey. No one would know if he ran away. But he gets to make the choice to save the galaxy and kind of give her back. And I think that this series really makes that even a bigger moment, in my opinion. You know? Yeah. You know, the thing about that fight with Ty, I I think you're absolutely right that the things that he says then, he's like the most just straight up that he's been really ever that we've seen earlier in this series in any of the movies that we see him in later. Like he's, he just really lays it out there and it, he very much feels like the chosen one again, you know, not saying that he is that, but just saying that like those expectations and all of those things, you know, we, we always say manage your expectations on this show like maybe maybe <laughs> right. if the Jedi had managed the expectations of Anakin, maybe if everyone had managed their expectations of Kylo Ren, all this terrible crap wouldn't have happened. Who knows? That's my <laughs> you know, takeaway. Maybe <laughs> and we would have had a real boring movie. Maybe so. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. Ah, uh, but yeah, I think that it it's such a good culmination of all those fears and frustrations coming out in the moment where he says, I am the shadow and he accepts this role. Cause he's finally choosing it for himself. He's taking over this mantle. And then at the end, deciding to bleed the crystal by taking apart like pieces of his friend's lightsabers. Like he's literally combining these pieces and the power of the bled crystal is too much, which is, which is something I think really interesting as well. Like it's so unstable. And instead of taking that as a sign to maybe try to rein it in, he says, Nope, I'm going to accept that. I'm going to accept the rage and the raw power of this and adapt because I still need this amount of power. It's just, uh, it, it's crazy. And like in, in that bleeding panel, I'm looking at it right now. Like he has the visions of Luke, Han, Chewie, Lando, Ty, and Leia of all these people that have in his mind abandoned him. I mean, of course he has enough pain to pour into that crystal. Why wouldn't he? Uh, and then the end of it, Palpatine just asking again. Now knowing that it's Palpatine also makes it so sinister. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that's the voice that says, "What is your name?" And then that epic last shot just propels us right into Kylo's story. Ah, oh. so overall, guys, what do you think this series did to change or enhance your thoughts about Ben Solo or Kylo Ren as a character? Hmm. Well, I would say 
that he was always conflicted. So you'd always he he was never either towards always dark or always light. He was always conflicted, um, and that's where his origin started. out was conflicted. Um, I mean, but as a whole, if I think that this comic, if you've never read a comic series before, this would be the perfect one to get into. If you're a fan yeah. of Star Wars stories themselves, like whether you're novels, um, any of the like the Clone Wars or, or Rebels, like this is just another medium to take in. Just because of the comic doesn't mean it's not doesn't have substance. And it was really really good. I think this would be a great jumping off point for someone who hasn't read comics before. I love that idea, Charles. Mm, you know, I got so lost in in Wes's beautiful words that I. Forgot exactly what you <laughs> so asked good. me. What, what did you ask me? I asked you, how did this comic series change or enhance your opinion of Ben Solo or Kylo Ren mm. as a character? Yeah, so, you know, I, I would just echo what Wes said. I mean, just really appreciating the struggle and, and appreciating the fact that, again, this was not what Ben wanted for himself. But he woke up one day, looked in the mirror, and realized what he'd become. And I think that's a really powerful idea. And I think that this comic series overall shows us how well an origin story can be done because there are a lot of times that I feel like maybe origin stories are, are done because like people have questions like this, this could be cool. This could be interesting. And then they're kind of like, meh, Mm -hmm. but like this, this is how you do an origin story. And they didn't try to, like, milk every last little thing out of it. Like, there's still a lot of questions we all have. They could have done a 40-issue, mm-hmm. you know, run. No, they were like, this is going to be distilled. Every panel is going to be important to this character. And it's it's going to be just a nice little package with a bow. And that's what it was. It was a gift around a time of a lot of uncertain feelings, actually, because we know some people didn't really love Tross. Um, but I have not heard anything bad about the rise of Kylo Ren. So I highly recommend it to anybody. Yeah. Agreed with both of you full on. And this year will be interesting in origin stories as well, because we have that Poe Dameron novel coming out, um, later this year that is potentially going to do something very similar. That is going to be looking at a very specific interval of time, uh, with Poe's time with the Spice Runners, giving us some origin, but not answering every question we've ever had. So I, I truly hope um, that novel by Alex Segura is going to be just as successful as this was. For me, I think I'm going to echo what you guys have said and also add that I think this has given me even more love for Ben Solo, if possible. I think that, oddly, oddly enough, he's probably in my top five Star Wars characters as of right now. I think that, despite my my misgivings with some media here and there i think that this character is so well written is so unique in star wars we've never seen anything like him and i don't know if we ever will again i think it handles the greater questions of legacy um and expectation better than anything i've ever seen in star wars and also at the end of the day i think it's just a great badass star wars comic i think that it's just great action scenes and great character moments and it's got cool lightsabers and force moves you know it it really shows that you can have it all at once so bravo to charles soul and will sliney if you are waiting 
for the Bound Edition, May 12th, as of right now, is when that's going to be coming out. And you can pre-order that right now. If you go on utini.com, look up The Rise of Kylo Ren, find its book profile. You can click that Amazon link and pre-order it. We'll get a couple cents our way, uh, and we would love to hear your thoughts all about this. And any comic that you love over on utini.com, you can search for your comic, scroll down to the bottom, and give a book review, you know? We do novel reviews in here all the time. Do some comics, man. We'd love to talk about them. All right, Wes Charles, last question for you guys before we get out of here and go record a bounty hunt, actually. Are there any other characters you guys would personally like to see receive this kind of, like, four-issue origin story treatment? Like, this limited window story. Are there any characters you would specifically love? Let's do any era. Any era you can think of. Hmm. There's too many to pick. I feel like yeah. exactly Honestly. that's the thing. <laughs> uh, I don't. You know what? Hate me. I don't care. Give me a four-issue series on the origin of Jar Jar Binks and everything that makes him Jar Jar. <laughs> I'm right. dead serious. Like I'm. I I started Dude, that half jokingly, you. but like I'm actually serious. Bring it on. Yeah. Figure out like what was he like? Is like what was his childhood like? Make you Jar know? Jar sympathetic. What made him the way? Okay, I'm down with that. I'm totally down with that. Wes, <laughs> thoughts? Um, what about a four issue series on, say, like the bounty hunters, the bounty hunters that are in um, both Clone Wars, the bounty hunters are both Empire Strikes Back. Um, just something. Like, to how see. does someone get yeah. into that business? How do they turn into total scumbags? You know, how did that? Yeah. happen? Did they need money, or do they just like they have? Were they bored? Just why? Why did they? Embo, give me Embo. Probably the money. Yeah, Embo. That'd be a great one. <laughs> That'd be a great one. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, true to form here. I'm gonna say Bill Organa, baby. <laughs> I want to see like how because he's like. Ruler, like how did, we're seeing a little bit of Leia's origin, but how does that work? How did he and Bria meet? Like, how did he decide to join the rebellion? Like, what was what was his first meeting? Because we always see people meeting Bail and joining the rebellion. Like, when did he realize things were going wrong? Yeah, I guess never like, really got that. Before. Yeah, yeah. You know, we got him ruling his planet, but I want to see the first time. Like, what's his what's his choice moment? What's his his bend to Ren moment of Bail Organa, just the senator, to Bail Organa, the rebellion leader? Uh, would be dope. <sighs> guys, this is a really great comic. I'm so glad we got to chat about it, and we are going to try to bring you guys more of these comics every once in a while. We're, we, I think we're going to get a lot more limited series as far as they go. If you guys want more comics talk, let us know. You know, Tweet at us at Living Force Pod. Tell us in the Living Force Podcast channel and our Discord. We are creating what we hope you guys want to listen to and what we want to chat about. And my God, do we love reading these books. And there are so many awesome ones coming out. Any last-minute thoughts, either one of y'all, about the rise of Kylo Ren? Go out and pick it up. It's good. Read it. Boom. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, damn. <laughs> and I'll third it. A wonderful, a wonderful book lived up to every expectation and more. Thank you, Charles Soule. We cannot wait to read your first Star Wars novel in the High Republic later this year. Let's just throw that out that we're getting High Republic content. Every day I remember it and I get happier and happier. But my <laughs> friends, that is going to do it. 
for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every single week to hear us at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you want to buy this book or anything else and you want to help support this show, look up your book on Utini and click the Amazon link on the profile. We'll get a few cents to help keep our lights on. If you want to help us out more directly, you can find us on Patreon.com slash Utini or on TeePublic, where our t-shirt designs are live. We are off right now to record an episode of Bounty Hunt about the most recent episode of The Clone Wars. But normally after these shows, we have an aftermath after show where we hang out with some patrons that are an Inquisitor tier or up. If you want more information on that, go ahead, head over to Patreon. A special thank you to Drew Iberando and Patrick Ortiz, who are on our Jedi High Council, and Timothy Dunlap and Ross Orlando on our Alliance High Command for your amazing support. You can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Charles is at Z. Hankel. Wes is at Living Force Pod. And Corey, when he's here, is at Doc Star Wars MD. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Freddie, our producer, and Wes, who, when he's not on the show, is our community manager. Thanks to Wes and Charles for podcasting with me. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you. Guys, I just had a thought. What if Ren is short for Renjamin? <laughs> I hope Benjamin. I hope that I hope that somehow makes it into the podcast. Oh man.